I don't understand how we can be expected to work together in the struggle, which I want to do. Like, I, I think that we are mutually enriching and mutually supportive sexes when, when we're at our best. But if, if women can't even be granted like the allowance to like talk about womanhood and to to have a shared language to have spaces of our own and to be able to own our own biology i don't i don't know how we could work together against the capitalist class let alone to then like after we overthrow it to like build a society that we would actually want Welcome to What's Left, the weekly political discussion challenge in the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barco, a co-host, teacher in social and social and writing teacher Jessica. We're online at whatsleftpodcast.com. You can find that link to our blog in the episode notes. You can also find our personal social media handles as at Don Eduardo Barca and at ZPKE on Instagram for Kenny Cepeda and Jess's Twitter handle as at jhomie89. Again, at jhomie89. Please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications, and share your favorite episode wherever you found this episode. Right, thank you. Uh, so today's topic will be a continuation of uh, last week's discussion on transgenderism or trans ideology. Um, and this is uh, the episode that um, had most comments or hate, <laughs> but will be discussed. Just <laughs> thinking about what you offered. This is part two of the discussion we had last week. Um, we'll touch on points that we didn't touch on last time. Uh, but before we do that, uh, Andy, why don't you um, insert, why, why don't you share with us here what you want uh, about a shirt that you wanted to talk about? Yes. Um, I am very excited about our shirts and that's an episode you'll hear about two weeks ago. And I'll, I'll continue to put, if you, people are interested in a what's left shirt, um, I'm going to continue to put it in the in the description of our episode of how you can do it. Um, but we had our first official order of a person wanting to get a shirt, and she she agreed. She's a longtime listener, um, and she agreed to let me show it because she did something interesting, and I, I want people to see the kind of options you have for your shirt. So I'm going to share my screen. So this is the color um, of the shirt that she wanted, which I thought was nice. It's pebble. Um, but the th really th neat, neat thing she did was in the wording. Um, so you can see it says fourth industrial revolution. No, but then she said free bot, free bodies, free minds, free earth, which I thought was a nice, like little, like the reason she had waited some time is she had to take some time to think about what she would want on her shirt. And I just wanted to show people that there's lots of options here. You know, you can just think about what you would want on that shirt that expresses your ideas of, of a free and different kind of society or different kind of world. So just wanted to put that out there and let people know that we're still doing this and we will be doing it for quite some time, um, probably all the time. Um, so if you ever want to get a shirt, let us know. All right. That's it. Now let's go back to all our viewers who want to throw hate, throw shade at you and me. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so, <love> I, Jessica. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, everyone. We had, uh, I just want to say, I guess maybe we should just reflect on last week's episode. Can we start on that? Yeah. Who wants to go first? 
Um, I do. All right. Um, I do want to start. Can I? I will start with the comment section, which, which we got like 21, 22 comments. Um, it had and it had a lot of views, which I think is great. Um, I think there was only one comment I would take issue with, which was somebody who said, "Don't listen to Eduardo in those first twenty minutes." That's really not what 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 with what, what what what's left's about. So you know, um, I still welcome them listening, but I don't know. That was the only comment I was like, "Nah, I don't agree with that." Um, and there were other things I don't agree with, but I really appreciated people sharing. Um, some of it really got me thinking. Um, and there was one person who you know put their comment on there and then deleted it then put it back on there. Um, and I thought that was important. I thought that was nice. So honestly, folks, the people who listen to our show, I feel like last week's episode did what we wanted it to do. It got people thinking about what they think. Um, not just like, do I agree with Jessica or do I not agree with Andy and Eduardo, but also what are, what are your views about it? Cause, um, I think that's going to be an important part of fighting for a better society is people asking themselves, what, what do I believe and what do I want? And, um, uh, and can, can, can I achieve that? Can we achieve that somehow? So that's my starting point. I, I don't, re- I, I wasn't trying to make it about the comment section until you both told me. I, I, so I'll just talk about it since I was brought up in the comment section. I just checked just minutes ago. Um, I, I'm very glad anyone who has a difference or even just listening to this, I'm, I'm very appreciative of people who are taking a look at this, taking a listen to this. Um, Lavender Rose, uh, Lost Women, I invite you on the show and discuss this with me. Um, I think that saying I'm really, really dumb is not a very strong argument. Uh, I mean, I could say the same, you're really, really stupid, but you could just come on here and make your stance position clear. I invite you and you can, I invite you on my channel if you don't have time on this episode to discuss it with me uh, virtually or press, if you're in the Bay area, come over, let's talk. Um, but other than that, anyone else can have this conversation with us, like online, like, in, and not be not be afraid to disagree with us. And that's the whole purpose of what's left. So I, I appreciate people doing that. I, I know there were people who listened to this in my circles who did not like what Jess had to say, even what Andy find, had said towards the end. So it's it's going to challenge some people. Not even like what some of the things I said, you know, like just saying that women and men are different triggered someone. So um, I just invite people to just continuously listen and to continuously have this discussion ongoing with us. Reflections on the episode. Um, I, I have a few that I would like to challenge Jess and I would like to challenge Andy on. Um, I felt that they were not as um, answered uh, in the last episode and we'll do that this episode and we'll touch point um, some other things like homophobia and as well as like the depopulation movement and, or, or that uh, agenda and other things that Jennifer really touched on that I would like to address. Uh, I didn't even talk about like, do I think minors should have uh, uh, blockers or not? Uh, so I look forward to that. I, I I had a hard time having this discussion with both of you um, just because I feel sensitive about having discussions like this, but I think it's important that we cover it anyhow. I also want to praise Jess's bravery. Like, well, all of us are taking a chance here, but like Jess is in academia circles. Like she is in it. Like, and you are being controlled of what you can and cannot say. Which I think is not what academia stands for, or at least they say it doesn't stand for that. 
They can try to control what I say, but they're not doing a very good job of it. Um, yeah, I think when I was watching the episode back, like on the edit, um, I guess I kind of came into it because Eduardo was like, I'm going to press you. And I like, I kind of know we have disagreements on this. <laughs> but you know what I really, I felt when I was watching the edit back and even during the episode, it was interesting because I actually found it easier. Okay, albeit I was talking like 80% of the episode. <laughs> but I actually felt like I was having an easier time exchanging with you, Eduardo, even though we may disagree on a lot of aspects of this. It's just interesting because I think at the very beginning, you kind of said something to the effect of like, well, yeah, like I, I do acknowledge that like male and female is, I don't know how you said it, but. Yeah, there are differences, well, biological differences. Yeah. And that like, whatever our feelings about gender and expression and all that, like this idea of like, we are a sexually dimorphic species on like a biological level. And so I think like that foundation allowed for an easier engagement, at least on my part, like even when it gets into the realm of, of disagreement. Whereas with Andy, like I think like when I was, or you can see like there are just moments where I'm just, I don't even know like what to say or like how to <laughs> respond. Not because I'm like not, not prepared to stick to my guns, but just because I'm like, I don't even know like what the, the foundation is like I was really <laughs> there are a couple moments toward the second half of the episode where I'm just like I don't even know <laughs> like, um which was kind of yeah I, I guess on the surface maybe the opposite would have been expected but um yeah and and actually I don't know I feel like maybe I don't want to speak for you Eduardo but I feel like maybe some of your experiences like ones you've shared on the show you know sex work or um whatever just even as those are like seemingly sort of oppositional to a lot of like feminist ideology I actually feel like your experiences are kind of what we're informing a lot of the foundational agreement that we do have even as then it diverges and and I I totally understand like why it's a more sensitive issue when you know, you have, you have people in your life who like, it's not, it's not, I mean, it's not hypothetical for me either, but you know, maybe not on the same, to the same degree. Also want to just remind anybody who's coming on to challenge Eduardo that he has a, a Mars in Aries. So watch out. <laughs> 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 they can find me at my home <laughs> to get outside. <laughs> Maybe we'll enter the meet this way. Just I, I'm glad you said that. I, um, and that's where I think that's my challenge. We spoke about after um, on Saturday. I think it was Andy. You and I spoke on the phone, and I said I felt as if you didn't address some of the things I said about the differences between men and women. And you just talked about air, food, and that kind of, and I told you I was going to press on you on that, on this episode. So I hope you're ready for that, Auntie. I, I do feel as if you equating food and water 
And those are the basic necessities of just people is not the same as the necessity that women face differently than men. And so, yes, Jess, to your point, yeah, like I, I don't just like, I didn't just study and then make up my mind. I have, most of my cousins are women. Most of my, um, in Mexico, we have this expression <clears throat> in Spanish cultures, like primos hermanos, which is your cousin siblings. Like if your if your parents' siblings' children, and if your parents' siblings have children, those children are your more than just cousins. They're your brothers and sisters. To me, I have a lot of brothers and sisters that are very close to me, and my cousins influence a lot of how I think. The women in my family. I've seen how my ma- my mom has been treated in the Jehovah's Witness circles. How she's been humiliated as a woman. What she's has to gone. What she's gone through, and I've seen it in sex work as well. I've 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 just come to realizations like just showing up for work and then suddenly I said this in the last episode trying up for work and suddenly the my 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 colleague being like I can't like I'm why or because I'm bleeding you know like I I'm just can't you know like that's not that's not attractive in this work well, to some uh, to most a lot right like and even just birthing even just being a mother even just having to carry a baby even just like having to breastfeed so much so many of the challenges of just finding a place on the bus when I was in Guatemala and women just sticking it out just to like breastfeed their babies and the challenge of holding yourself and your baby versus me just holding myself and my rucksack like just you know just these things are just I don't know these things I think the visuals of it the the experiences I just feel that they're different. So when I asked you, Andy, I I wonder, I asked you, like, I just don't feel like you are acknowledging those differences. You said, well, I think there's going to be differences in, in all of us. Like, we're going to have, well, everyone's going to have differences. I said, yeah, but these are shared common experiences by women that are not, we don't share with women as men. And I feel maybe that is what I, I don't get. I don't like I can acknowledge that there's other things I may be in disagreement with, but this is the area I called you up, didn't I, Andy? Uh, and I asked you about that. And I'd like, you know, again, we're having a, this discussion openly for other people to sort of, you know, be a witness of what we do here. I'd like for you to address that, Andy. I I don't know how you don't see that. I don't I don't know. I I'm I'm still lingering with that, Andy. Um well, what I do would say is we live in a sexist society that mm-hmm. forces forces much much of the the role of raising children is born onto women, is pushed onto women, and then they don't get paid for that. I and agree. There's all sorts of the sexual implications in terms of how women are seen and treated and looked at, objectified. I mean, I, I can't speak. I'm not going to even try to talk about all the different ways right, right, right. we live in a sexist society right? Um, and have had for some time. And so in that regard to people, to a woman's experience in the society versus a man's experience in the society, they, they are going to be different. Um, and, and part of that difference, not the only difference is going to be based around the fact that we live in a, a completely sexist society, not just in the United States, but globally, because sexism, in my opinion, is a divide that's used by capitalism 
didn't start with capitalism. It came much earlier, but it has been utilized by capitalism as another divide to keep itself in power um, and to, to ex extend its exploitation of a particular section of workers, particularly workers who are, um, who are thrust with the un unpaid labor of raising children. Um, and you can see the effect of what happens if no one does that in, on society, because I can certainly see it in our schools when uh, a, a kid has not had parenting at all. And that role is often thrust on women, not, but both by society and often men think of it as like something a woman should do, um, right. which that's sexist. Sorry. Um, but the and so that the work that is done there is completely unpaid. And. And it's it's slave it's slave labor basically it's like literally slavery, um, yeah. so that's just a piece of it, right? The people will talk about the wage gap and things like that. I, I believe those things exist. There's those are that pro that problem, uh, rape, uh, sexual abuse, sexual assault. Um, of course, rape and sexual assault also come to men. But again, I would say that in terms of the the types of experiences, the fact that women feel so less safe walking out in society than most men, not all men, but you know that, I'm, and I'm just I'm looking at bulks of people, like groups of people. I I believe that exists, but I think it's Jessica's right in saying. So I might take some time here to try to get to your, and we'll see if I get to your. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Jessica is right to say that there's a bigger difference between her and I, than Eduardo and and Jessica. Um, I I heard it too in the episode, and I think it makes sense. If I was going to put it, uh. Correct, crudely, I would say both of you are talking about these in, in ways that I think are synonymous with the, the way identity politics talks about people's experiences and the fact that, and emphasizes in some ways, the differential experience of oppression, and even the fact that only one group might get oppressed and the other group might not feel that oppression, and emphasizes the divide between them as a result of that. And therefore, I would say, it's not a. It's not. It's not going to be a strat in the same way that divide identity politics are used by the ruling class to divide us. I would say both your frameworks are going to have that net effect, um, in my opinion. Um, and I think I'll I'll start with that with talking about transhumanism because I kind of when Jess said that the concern that she has about this bleeding over, or that that what the way that transgenderism kind of fudges the 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 divide between men and women and intentionally does so and i do agree it's it's intentional on the part of capitalist class she talked about the goal of transhumanism and i agree there is a section of the ruling class that actually does have a fever dream of putting their brains into a computer and living forever and the other elements of transhumanism that go with it, it it's more than just that but that's not that is not what the capitalists are organized around they are not organized around transhumanism that is a dream, just like they're not organized around the idea of conquering the globe. They are organized, the capitalists are organized around the notion or the, the, the actual physical reality of a profit system that's based on the actual real exploitation of all workers by all capitalists. And it's not an imaginary thing. It's a physical thing you can feel. Um, a garden, to believing you can construct a wonderful garden is an, is an, imag is an imaginary dream. The, the capitalist can dream of a beautiful garden, but that's not what capitalism is. Capitalism is the real exploitation, the actual theft from all workers of their labor, the ones who do do work, and of the ones who don't, they'll get, treat, they'll get treated another bad way. But if you do work, every second of your work, there's going to be theft. Theft of the value of that work, 
in the form of profit. And that profit is going to be used to expand the power of the capitalists because they control all the tools and all the capital in the world. And they get to decide how it gets used so that they can use, so those profits all go to them so they can decide, well, they don't decide. The whole goal of it is to, is to compete and to see who can get the most profits. Um, and that's roughly, I mean, I could, there's more to say about it, but that's roughly that explains why I think we live in a competitive system, um, not, a, not a cooperative one. And so that, that exploitation is not, a, is not just a dream. It's an actual physical thing. It's actual theft. It's actually value of your work that you don't get back to you that's taken. And I talked about it in terms of women, in terms of women at, in, at not at work, just not just at work, but women, if they, if they are asked to just um, take care of the kids at home. But that exploitation cuts across all of us. It, it, ex, it extends it for all workers. And I don't, and for me, the, 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 the place I come to is that I think what unites us as a, as a group of people is us as workers, as a class. And that is far more, and as a class, we are exploited. As a class, we need shelter. As a class, we need food. As a class, we need freedom. But all those things. And we, we, we want those things because we are a class of workers and we're a class of human workers who have dreams for ourselves and for our loved ones. And all those things are not made impossible by the fact that we live in an exploitative system. Um, and it's not a fantasy system. It's a real system. Um, so I... The reason I come to this point of view or the reason I come from this in the frame of like, yes, you might say there are differences or you can we can even acknowledge some version of difference. And I want to talk about why even that I would question to some extent. And I'll get to that as it relates to intersex. Um, but what's the point of that? A person can also look at at a species that has two two genders and look and say, look at how this species has to has to have these two genders have to cooperate to reproduce its to reproduce its young. Why does the notion of difference necessarily have to mean a separation? Why could it not actually mean we both need each other? Like, that's what I, to me, yes, I, I'm willing to acknowledge that there are roles within reproduction, of course, all right? And, but the idea that there are roles within uh, raising the kid, um, I, I will say that the only place a person, the, the child will get mother's milk is from that mother or another mother who's lactating, it's not going to be from a man. I, I'll acknowledge that. We know that there's other ways of feeding kids, but is that the right way to do it? I would probably say no. But if a, but if a woman can't produce any milk, then that, it's good that that is, is possible for them if they can't find somebody else who could do that. Um, and so, like, it, it's just curious to me that you both take the framework that, oh, look, yes, these are, there are biological differences, but why does it lead you to such an idea of separation? I still would say you can acknowledge those differences just like you can acknowledge the difference between workers who have who are stronger versus workers who are weaker versus workers who are smarter versus weaker. Work, I don't even say smarter. I just have differences, differences physically, differences mentally, diff all sorts of differences that are going to have to be dealt with and acknowledged and worked through in order for us to actually be a, to be a collective class because that's what we're. I think that's what we are. We are as, as, as society is structured because we are all collectively being exploited and we all have a collective interest in coming together to take on our exploiter and changing the world. That's a Marxist framework, but that's my framework. So that's why I keep coming back to, yeah, there might be a difference, but is that going to make it, what, what does it, in a sense, what does it matter, if, if you will, for the notion of 
collective struggle towards revolution. Like it, it will be part of that puzzle that have to be solved, but there are many puzzles that I have to put together. I'm not even sure that's the biggest one. Frankly, I think there's going to, there, there may be other ones to me that seem that might be bigger. Personally, the question of, and it's more a cultural thing of na national boundaries and immigrants versus native workers to me seems like a much more deeper divide to, to come across or the idea of the, the colonizer world and the, the status that many of those workers have there compared to the living standards of workers in the, in the colonial, in the world, work, work, in, the, in the countries that are colonized, those differences, those actual differences of living, I could very much see are, may make it very difficult for us to unite. Not impossible, but difficult. So, and those aren't biological, those are, if you will, social, but those differences seem just as meaningful to me, if not more than the notion of, well, there's men here and there's women here and they are different, and therefore, well, you have to acknowledge that and see that they're going to have different experiences. And then I go, okay, well, what then? That's kind of what I say. Because honestly, acknowledging the differences is the whole point of identity politics. And it leads to the same separation that makes it, I, I would say, makes it ultimately possible, impossible to, um, for us to unite as a class. That's number one. Number two, um, men and women are different. And Jess said something about men you know, man cannot become a woman and woman cannot be a man. That's not, you can't, you can't change over to that, to that, from one to the other. She would just say, you can't do it. And I don't agree with her. Like for, and the, and the existence, even though it's a small group, the existence of an intersex group who, who is not XX chromosome, who is not XY chromosome. So you can't use that. There is a, it's a small group, but there exists a set of people who neither have XX chromosomes or XY chromosomes. So you can't use that to call one woman. That no longer becomes a determinant because there are a set of humans, workers, who don't, who are neither. So you cannot use that as a determinant to say who's a, who's a male and who's a female. So the, there is a blur there. Secondly, in terms of hormone production and uh, reproductive uh, uh, pieces of the things you would, that present themselves in terms of reproductive organs, those are also within that group of people you can have a heterogeneity. You can have slightly developed uterine walls and slightly developed vagina, even with, a, with a, almost a seeming like a penis. And doctors often have to make decisions, which I think is wrong, where they have to decide early on what the sex in, of, that, of that child is when it's not clear. So they go ahead and make a call. And I know there's some protocols behind it, but I've heard a lot of, lots of stories of people who've actually been brutalized by doctors by virtue of this. So the fact that even those elements, those, those biological elements are fuzzy, are those people intersex? What are they? Are they man or woman? I would say they, they exist in a, in, a, in a gray zone that is indeterminate. And, and even if it's a small group, what that says is biologically, not gender, biologically, there exists a, a spectrum. Even if the larger groups are on, on the other sides, there still is that spectrum. So if that spectrum exists, then you have to acknowledge it. I acknowledge it not just in terms of humanity, because those are humans, but it's, but it's actually a real description of the fact that gender or even sex, gender as, I'm sorry, male and female in terms of just biological sex is not so determined. It actually exists on a, on a, on a, on a spectrum. And if you don't want to acknowledge that, that's up to you. But I would say that exists. And for that reason, I would say, well, if it's possible because of, quote, science, and again, the people who are pushing transgender from the top, the people who are pushing science from the top, 
They're all doing it for the reasons of p- pushing capitalism. So I don't support it, but I but it exists. The science to cross across those boundaries now exists. So yes, b- based on most definitions that I've heard of, of what would determine a man to be a man versus a woman to be a woman, it appears, bec- and intersex shows where that possible spectrum exists. You can walk right, you can walk right through that transition hormonally in terms of organs. The, we can't make the chromosomal change, but you can get to a point of CRISPR and you can start to do that. All right. And then uh, I would say, well, apparently you've bi- we now bi- biologically can make that transition. And I'm, I don't I don't welcome that, but I don't say to a person, you can't do it. Um, and I certainly know that that's going to be taken advantage of. There's going to be a transhumanist angle. But the biggest reason that's going to be taken advantage of is is the reason that transhumanism even exists. It's because of the drive for profits, the fact that the that more and more the uh, uh, more and more of the capitalist is going to drive towards um, making what you produce dead labor, that is machinery. So they're gonna they're gonna emphasize less and less living labor, and that's the way profits have have been expanded and expanded from time immemorial. That's what we're seeing: the development of AI, the development of computers, the 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 the, the collection of data is all a dream to basically. Uh, move the worker, the physical human worker, out of the par- process of production, so that they can maximize profits. Inevitably, that will lose to the to a calamity where they can't achieve profits. But that doesn't ch- change the fact that that's what they're doing. So this transhumanist drive is a profit drive, and the and they will take advantage of the fact that when women are looking to to transition to men, and men are looking to transition to women. But it doesn't change the fact that biologically. There does exist a transition place in between that is very difficult to determine what the exact gender of that person based on most of the definitions I've heard so that there's not this iron wall between man and woman. And because of that, I go, I'm not saying that there isn't tendencies on one side versus tendency on the other, but I don't acknowledge that we have to uh, emphasize this difference as somehow more essentially human. Like in order to really understand your humanity, you have to understand your womanhood or your manhood. It doesn't feel true to me. And I think the, the sense of that is not is less sex and has more to do with the way gender roles are pushed in society. And so that's why these, this discussion will, will, will vacillate between sex discussion and gender discussion, because so much, I believe, of the reason that we, everyone ultimately get, becomes infatuated with gender and, and deciding whether and, and seeing it as an essentialist characteristic is because we are we are being divided along gender lines in society. Sexism does exist because capitalism uses it as a tool to exploit. So that's the way I see it. And I think that's the biggest reason since, since, since it comes out of my understanding of capitalism, my Marxism, and the fact that really as workers, we share so much more in common than we do have differences. Even if we have all those differences and those differences will have to be worked through, we share so much more in common. It is that framework which animates my anything I do. So that's, that's how I come to what I come to. Okay. There's, there's a lot to unpack, but first I just want to understand, or I just want to make sure I'm clear. Are you arguing that the existence of intersex people is somehow like evidence that the grand majority of people, people who are born male or female can change their sex? No, I'm arguing that it, it is a false thing to say that men are men and women are women because intersex exists. 
And if you and if you say that, if you say a person who says on the basis of sex, not gender, sex, well, men are here and women are here. They're 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 not describing an actual physical reality of an of an existence of a group of people called intersex that shows that there's a fluidity in humanity. And since that fluidity exists in humanity, I, of course, it's now possible within that for that crossing to, to crossing to have open. The reason for that crossing is increasingly more and more political. But if a person wants to do that, and I believe there is a desire for some people who feel like they they are in the wrong body, that can be a process of alienation. But and none of us, it seems like here, we're against somebody doing such a thing. But I actually don't take it as, even as a threat. It's a threat from the when used in the tools in the hands of the capitalists, those set of ideas. But in the hands of workers, to me, that doesn't feel like a threat. It feels like liberty. It feels like so a person what, who's that, liberated. Like without capitalism. Like without the pharmaceutical industrial complex, without doctors, without the capitalist class, like what what would it even mean to transition if somebody wants to do that? Well, the intersex people would first exist; they would still exist, and they would have to. If if to the extent that society thought that genders were important, I don't know. That, that my feeling is, I'm not sure. I'm I'm kind of getting a sense if we had a liberated society, a free society, but I don't know. But if if that genders would not feature as as importantly because I think it's pushed on us to to divide us. But well, I agree, I agree, so, gender. But I don't understand what 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 would it mean to transition without capitalism for a male to quote unquote become a female or a female to quote unquote become a male. I don't I don't understand what it that means. Would. They were raised and taught. They were called a male when they were growing up, and they would then later be called a female. They would do a series of things to to some sort of. In the same way that somebody has a quinceanera or a, a some sort of ceremony, some sort of process, it could be physical change of your body. It doesn't have to be, but they will have some sort of ceremony to en- to enact the, the notion that they have changed from he to she or she to he. And and I'll go like, yay, good for you. You're free. So it's just language and a, like ritual and then language. It could there could be a physical element to it? They they may they may do something physically to themselves to do that. People do that all the time. I, I'm not going to restrict that. I don't see how I benefit as a worker stopping them from doing that. Like I want them to be free to do what they want and express themselves in whatever they want. That's the society I want for them, just like from I want for myself. So how do I benefit from stopping them from doing that or tell them don't do that? I can tell I mean, them I don't want to do that, but that's a different thing. I just, I just still don't understand, like on a practical level, because we're like right now, our society is so. It's, what's practical about it is it's liberty. You are trying to tell a person they can't do it. I, I'm fighting for liberty. That's what's practical about it. It's practically freedom. It's practically you choose your body. Your, you control your body. We've talked about bodily autonomy. That's what it practically is. It's the idea of liberty. That's its practical value. You know, I, I think, Andy, as I'm listening to you, I, I know that you don't deny sexism, um, and I know that you acknowledge that under the current system that we live in, um, yeah, there are differences, but not because women innately are different or men are innately different, according to what I understand from you. Correct me if I'm wrong in any of this. But it's actually the whole system has set us up this way, and that's why we are different. And I, 
look, I'm Mexican. I can't help it. I'm going to look back at what people are doing right now in the Zapatista movement, where their women are actually on the front lines. And they're not like what, you know, films pre- uh, like um, depict women sort of at, at home waiting, their man is going over. Like they're not doing that, right? The Zapatista women along with the men are in battle or anytime they show up in in a public space, they show up with men alongside. They're in the same ranks. But I pulled up um, something I knew I, I would bring up because this is what I, I want to challenge you on. They still acknowledge like even a pregnant woman's not going to go on the front lines. Like, it's as basic as that. And there are women who fight, I said, but they're not going to put women on the front lines if they're nine months, if they're six months pregnant. Like, these things are acknowledged, basically. Like, how they rank, what they do, what their role are, what activities they're going to take on. They cannot do the same things just because they're doing something else differently. Their bodies have a reproductive system that prevents them from joining their brothers on the front lines. These are not thing these are things that are acknowledged. And so they have laws and they have systems in place for them to be taken care of. And who's going to if if the men and women are on the battle in the front lines, then who's staying back? Like there's going to be ranks of who is at that time, and and I agree with you actually. The parenting roles, uh, unfortunately, have been so widened. I think people should just be um, as as uh, involved in their children's lives as women are currently in 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 their children's lives. I think men and women should equally be doing that. I think they both bring something to the table. All of this, excuse me, all of this. I'm saying that I, I think that when it comes to raising children, I think that we're going to need both fathers and mothers um, to be a part of that. And I don't think that, you know, boys being just raised by their mothers, I think there's something missing. Or, or females, just girls being just raised by their mothers is a healthy thing. Um, and I, and so I, I believe that my presence, for example, for in, my, in my nieces and my, in my cousins, female cousins' lives, is an important integral part because they don't have their male um, fathers, and it's not just women need to raise women. I think men need to be a part, an integral part of that raising. So I agree with you there. I think that we have those duties, but I, but just if I maybe I don't know how much Jess. Maybe I don't want to. Like I think I'm on my own here. I don't really. I, I think we just agree that there are differences. I don't know where else we might find disagreements with Jess, but I just want to say like for me, that is as basic as it could get. Like they, there's nothing. It's just so like obviously different that these chemical balance, like the imbalances and 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 changes of your body, affect you and your menstruation and your reproductive system, and the fact that you and like even our testosterone as men affects us, and we can see this clearly in different animal societies. We see this like and and I'm not saying. I don't know, like they're like even bonobos with matriarchal societies and chimpanzees with more patriarchal societies. If there obviously there are differences in, in different animal kingdoms, but 
it it just shows in the chemistry of our of our who we are and our hormones and that is important now to to this thing about the intersex yeah i i i think it's um the ethics around it are challenging who determines who and i don't i don't really think that someone should be choosing for someone or a baby like what what that what that child is going what gender should they follow uh, I do think there's a spectrum. Uh, I don't want to demean or diminish, but it is a small percentage. They are not the majority. So if <laughs> it's not like I'm trying to dismiss, I think that they are as long as, as, as well as like folks, I'll say this because I work in the deaf community and the deaf, I have big, like they are, uh, they're not the majority. Like a lot of, we're there are more hearing people than there are uh, deaf people, and that doesn't mean that I see them any less. My deaf friends know this. I I think that they're very capable. I think that they can do a lot of things, but cannot hear. And I and I think that there's pride in being who you are as a deaf person. Uh, but they're not the they're not the majority of the population. That doesn't mean that they don't have a, a role to play in our in our society. It just means that we take in consideration those differences and we make adjustments where it's needed. Uh, that's what I'll say to that. That's how I see intersex folk. I, I see them as, as people who belong in our society, shouldn't be changed, should have their, their um, uh, ambiguous uh, sex and gender um, identity as they define it. Uh, and as I think that there should, and I also think that, uh, we shouldn't impose on others as well, like for women, that their, their feminine traits should just be ignored. Like there's nothing there. Yeah, I think that's well said. And I, I don't know, it's, you have to be so careful with the language, I'm trying to. I'm talking to myself, but (laughs) I mean, what causes intersex? Like a lot of times it's like a hormonal imbalance. And I'm not saying that those people are any less human. Just like I obviously wouldn't say, you know, the deaf people are any less human. I completely second what Eduardo said. You know, but this this comes up like with like with the autism thing with vaccines of like <laughs> like would you would you wish that upon your unborn child if you had one? I don't I don't think we would. Like I don't when the hormones are in balance, when we're healthy, when we have access to nutritious food and clean air you know we we're sexually dimorphic species so i i i I really think the inner the intersex thing is so often used it's like weaponized and then applied as if that the as if the the material reality or like the existence of intersex people has any like bearing on transgender ideology. I don't like, they're not the same thing, 
you can't just like I can't just identify out of being a woman like that's what I mean when I say like it's not it's not possible um I the other thing I wanted to say which I don't know maybe we'll see if we want to keep this in because maybe it's like not on topic but I also think as as many of the ideas of second wave like radical feminism as I champion um I do think um a lot of it kind of presents reproductive labor like birth and uh, menstruation and you know all of these like bi- biological realities of being a woman as this like burden and i think it's under capitalism like it it is like if your goal is to succeed in a in a capitalist society like those become barriers like of course like the breastfeeding example is a perfect one right like try working full time you know and trying to breastfeed your child like it's it's next to impossible in most careers um there's a million examples like that but i i am wary of that like characterization like i i i think it's a bit of a trap um and i think in a, in a liberated society you know a liberated society which is in touch with biological reality like those things wouldn't be seen as burdens and i like with the parenting i i think we've talked about this before but like obviously i think women should be able to have whatever careers they want but i do not think and i and it's probably and you, you you'll agree with this but like i don't think letting women like into the workforce you know and yeah like leave the home enter the workforce <laughs> is not like that was not liberation like it, it was it's kind of a trap right and it it feeds into like one of those primary distinctions in terms of like are we applying a marxist lens are we applying a marxist feminist lens just a feminist lens or something else of like okay men are oppressed on the basis of their labor women are oppressed on the basis of their labor and on the basis of their reproductive capacity um and to me like that and it's not about like identity politics or like oppression olympics but i think like that analysis is like it has to be understood if there's going to be change like if we're gonna attempt to kind of tear the system down um and I don't yeah I mean I, I I haven't really ever seen somebody I haven't ever seen a woman who's trying to have a full-blown like career and raise children I mean I've seen lots of women like succeed at that but I, it's <laughs> it's not like an easeful thing to do in this society. Like I, it, it's next to impossible. I think like it comes, it comes at some level of sacrifice. And so I, I mean, of course I think men and women should have and, and can have mutually enriching roles to play. Um, 
like I don't see matriarchy as just like oh we'll just flip patriarchy on its head and like we'll oppress the men instead no not at all but I I don't totally agree on the parenting thing I think especially when a child, like when a child is really young, you know, a newborn, um, I don't, I don't actually think it's just like, oh yeah, they have equal roles. Of course they think fatherhood's really important, but I, you know, I think the, the, the mother baby dyad, right. As they call it, um, like the mom, the mom is the leader when it comes to child rearing, especially in that like infancy stage. Um, I'm trying to be careful with my language here because I'm not trying to like reduce women to just their like role as caregivers or just their role as mothers and, or to say like, that's what defines a woman. But I don't know, just because I think this so often comes up with like the the labor thing in terms of like, I agree, it's it's unpaid labor. Um, it's not valued by society. Um, it's exploited, all of this for sure. But I, I, I mean, there's still such a thing, even in like an anarchist society, I still think there's such a thing as leadership. And I do think on a biological level. Like women, women are the natural leaders when it comes to child rearing, especially in that infancy stage. I don't know. I'm, I feel like I just jumped around for like five minutes and I haven't addressed like half of the stuff that Andy brought up like in the beginning. Um, well, let me just say the things. So for me. Um, I know that you have no intention of talking oppression Olympics, but the language in, in the organizing places I've been in, the language of identity politics is these people are this oppressed, but this these people are this oppressed. Those those sorts of formulations, which is actually true. And the way I usually deal with that is the acknowledgement of sexism, the acknowledgement of nationalism, not just the acknowledgement. You have to fight against these things. And you have to be able to acknowledge like that these are actual divides that are hurting one set of workers worse than others, but we are all we are we are all in this together because we are all suffering oppression by design, not equal amounts of oppression that it's like it's even the way slavery was organized was you had slaves in the house and slaves in the fields, so you don't you don't rule people by having them all experience the same level of horrible horribleness. Let me do it with my dog. Long before capitalism came along, uh, rulers learned that you you would divide people in terms of oppression. And for those of us who are fighting those rulers to then to then use that as the way of defining ourselves in terms of a struggle, I think it's a loser there. I actually think that is going to lead to the divides that most po identity politics have run aground on. Um, and are now being utilized, weaponized by the ruling class. Um, and again, if identity policy didn't come along, the ruling class is still going to divide us. They're just able to, to get the liber to run the liberals around by the nose using that divide language, um, which sounds like inclusivity, but it's actually exclusivity. And it's actually separating people um, in, in, in the ruling class pushing it. And they know, and they know, and because that, that's what they want to do. So I do think that's that kind of stuff ultimately doesn't acknowledge well 
the, the thing I would say is, yes, sexism exists. Women's, women, in, by and large, do experience something different, and I would say worse than men in, in, the, in the world because we live under capitalism. But, that, but I also, I don't talk about it in terms of patriarchy. I talk about it in terms of capitalism, that that oppression does not come from men. It comes from the capitalists. Many of those are men, but many of those are women too. And so I don't look at the world divided or even ruled by a patriarchy or a matriarchy. I look at a world in which capitalists are oppressing workers and are using various divisions to do that. They are a minority. The workers are a majority. And so this is how you, how you rule them, by division. Um, but so what is the slogan that, and this gets to, in some ways, back to Eduardo's thing about, and maybe also, I guess I should say about Jessica, like the notion that intersex may be, I don't know why intersex exists. Like, I don't know why people have XXYY chromosomes or XYY or XXY and why it, I actually don't know when that started. I'm not going to pretend that. I just know that it does exist. One could posit that it's a result of, uh, of the crap that capitalism has put into the, into the water, into the food, into our medicines, into our vaccines whatever but all of us are subject to that and now it exists and now we have that group whatever way they came around there and there's and they are small but there is a very important slogan in in the labor movement and i do believe it's going to have to be a slogan and for me it's a slogan that's going to be in the freedom movement because it gets back to something i thought about when jessica you were mentioning your 16 women you were with and how would you sacrifice one in order to have the 15 be liberated you wouldn't and that slogan is an injury to one, is an injury to all. And the, the, the source of that, the, the basic component of that, is even if there's a small minority that's, that's going to suffer, going to have to suffer in order to liberate the rest of us, then that liberation is bullshit. That's what an injury to one is an injury to all means. It means we all go fucking forward, no child left behind, no one left behind. That's the idea. That's liberty for me. You can, for those 16 people you're with, if one has to be sacrificed, if one happened to be, I don't want to I'll put a different group, if one happened to be intersex and, and we were going to have to have a gender world which said, you got to figure out, are you male or are you female? Because you don't really exist. You're just a result of the fucking poison we pushed into the society. And now you're kind of like a fucking mutant, basically. If that's the way we're going to look at that kind of person, I'm not saying that, but that's where that leads when you say, uh, they're just a minority anyway. No, they, what they are, are an important reflection of the, of the spread, they're an important mirror into our own humanity, into our own physicalness that says, you know what? A penis isn't like, just, just doesn't tell you anything. Hormones don't tell you anything. Chromosomes don't really tell you anything because this group of people exist in a periphery that doesn't allow them to define them using our terms, using our social definitions, male or female. So maybe, maybe a society, a free society might say, we don't need it. We can still have sex and have kids. And do, and, but do we need to say these things? Or we might choose to do it, but we would still not, hold on, we would still acknowledge that the idea that these people exist in a spectrum and that those people may grow up and think, I'm a woman now, then a man later, and a woman, a woman now. They might change. And because they can do it, then anyone can do it. And I, and I stand for that. That's liberty. That's freedom. And, and what, what the basis of that distinction for them saying, I was a man at one point and now I'm a woman, Honestly, I don't care. You're, it's your right to do it because I stand for freedom. Wait. And that's the last part. That's the last part. It is not just in the Chiapas that the fight for freedom has led to women fighting in struggle. 
And it's not just in Asia and Vietnam. It happened in the United States in the 30s. There were women picking up bats who beat the fuck out of cops in the 30s who were trying to come in and basically oust the men who were in the factory. They had they had, they beat the fuck out of cops and they did it. Now you said, well, what if somebody's six months pre pregnant? What are they going to do? They're going to go buy the bat. They're not going to swing the bat. They're going to go out and get the bat from Kmart or whatever. Throw the rock into the thing. And it's just because you are six months pregnant doesn't mean you're not joining the struggle. You are part of the struggle. Of course, you're part of the struggle. You just have a different role in it. So even 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 in your language, Eduardo, it's kind of patronizing. It doesn't acknowledge the fact that everyone has a role in the struggle for liberty. And that in of itself has a kind of sexism to it. So for all your talk, uh, for all your talk of wanting to be biologies are different, it has led you down into the trap of kind of a sexist patronizing notion in the same way that I believe, Jessica, you have led yourself into the trap of identity politics, oppression Olympics. I don't think those things are going to work. So that's why I'm a Marxist. I look at it as we are all being fucked by a group of capitalists who are men and women, and we are men and women all being oppressed, and, and men and women are going to have to get our shit together and figure out how to do this together to take them out. And there's a okay. bunch of other divisions we're going to have to work through as well. Go ahead, Jess. <laughs> if you, you're going to say something. I can't wait to the anarchist, the thing is, <laughs> episode. You know, that's the problem. If you're saying this, if this is convincing for viewers and audience that we should be Marxist, I'm sorry, but I've never criticized your Marxist views at this point, Andy. But I will say, if this is your view, I'm sorry. You're not convincing me to be a Marxist at all. This is my Marxist. I don't see not about convincing. I'm just no, saying hold on. I'm not saying, but this is definitely, this isn't what I want. You see, that's the thing. I, I, I do think there's diversity. I'm not saying, when I think, I guess we have to define what we think of what identity politics means. Because when I think of identity politics, it means what the U.S. American, I, ideologues think of like, okay, we need to put women or people of color in the front to be basically, and they don't see it this way, basically uh, put a new face to capitalist rulers. That's what I think of it as being. I don't think that this is what I'm discussing. I'm discussing the diversity that exists within communities and that we have to acknowledge it. I just said, and I'm not trying to erase and I'm not trying to marginalize and put away people who are intersex. I just said, as someone who is part of the deaf community, I celebrate their differences and I will celebrate the same differences I see in my inter in the intersex community, as well as I celebrate the difference that there are between men and women. There are biological differences, but I do feel that by blurring those lines by saying oh as far as like sex goes like if if we can acknowledge that there are there's a spectrum we can only we can also acknowledge that part of the spectrum there's going to be a percentage of people like jess who are just women and are not just re reproductive people and that's how we should call them i think they are women who share a similar similar traits, similar characteristics, and have a shared experience. And just like you said, that whatever it is that there are, whether it be the water, whether it be the pollution, whether it be the meds, whatever it, be, whatever it is that have created these, uh, I forget the term you use, but like, uh, I'll just say these um, divergence, I'll say the word, uh, in, in people becoming intersex, whatever it is, I also think we have to acknowledge that we can't start from scratch, Andy, and be like, well, at the very core of everything is that we're just equal in everything. 
and that's where we should start the revolution. I don't think that that's 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 realistic, Andy. I think that wherever we start the realistic, we carry the baggage of this traumatized, fucked up system that we've been in, like this capitalist system, and that we carry sexism in our in our psyche, unfortunately. That we carry racism in our psyche, unfortunately, and that is what we have to contend with if we're building with our our other comrades. Like, you know what? Like, even if we do have other people in this struggle, they're gonna come with sexist ways of thinking. Do you know? And so, I think it's only important to acknowledge that we're gonna have we're gonna have a lot of baggage that we carry with us. And that that is going to be something for us to acknowledge, not like acknowledge it like we need to separate us, but to acknowledge it like there's there are like a lot of psychological and physical needs that we're going to have to take care of in this healing process. And that's going to be a part of this struggle. It's not just going to be like, okay, let's get to it. And we're going to start building and fighting, ignoring everything like we're just equals. We are equals to the to the to the principle of what we're trying to get at but the fact that we come with this uh like i just said like with the fact that we come already kind of fucked up like that's we're gonna have to deal with that i'm gonna stop there because i want to give just a chance yeah i mean one of the places you lost me is when you said well (laughs) the fact that intersex people can be seen as like on more of a spectrum means that anybody can just change which is just it's just not it's just not true it's not reality and i don't like i don't i don't i don't want to be a man like i don't i don't that's i'm not it doesn't appeal to me this idea of like oh we're just gonna have this society where like the very like fundamental things that are are innate like that make us human are just suddenly irrelevant. Like, I, I just, I, I agree with Eduardo. Like, it just, it's not even, it's a, it's a fantasy. Um, and I, in terms of like the struggle, like I, I agree. Like we're all humans exploit, you know, the capitalist class is exploiting workers on the basis, you know, of our class on the basis of our labor. Um, I agree, but like, that is not the only lens. And I just think it's very narrow to, like, to just, it's just like this one lane. And the the practical consequences of what you're saying, you know, like, the, there's that dude, I mean, right up that, up the way from you. Um, I can't remember his name, but, you know, he, he murdered. Uh, a a couple, a lesbian couple and their child and now is going to be, he's been convicted, but he identifies as a woman and so he's going to be placed in a male prison. And I just don't, I don't, like, I'm not for the prison industrial complex, but, like, I just don't understand the practical consequences of this and, like, how can you expect women to be with you in this struggle against the capitalist class from a Marxist perspective, when it's like our whole, that entire lens, like the whole, the whole, 
I mean, all the way back to like prehistoric times is effectively dismissed or erased of like, well, he thinks he's a woman. Sure, just shove him in with the women. And I know this is just like one one fucked up example, but I don't understand how you can be arguing like, oh, it's divisive to be acknowledging this biological difference. When I, I mean, like, I, I don't know, I don't know how men and women can work together. If women, if, if those categories, like if our very existence, like literally on a day to day basis, you know, as we talked about toward the end of last episode, I don't understand how we can be expected to work together in the struggle, which I want to do. Like, I, I think that we are mutually enriching and mutually supportive sexes when, when we're at our best. But if, if women can't even be granted like the allowance to like talk about womanhood and to to have a shared language to have spaces of our own and to be able to own our own biology i I don't i don't know how we could work together against the capitalist class let alone to then like after we overthrow it to like build a society that we would actually want but and i and I will say too, like even the way I framed it, it is. I, I agree, Jess, that birthing and and what did you say? Uh, I agree that birthing and breastfeeding and the role, the 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 different tasks that women have to do as they are um, taking care of the children. I, I don't mean to frame it. And I I hope it didn't come off that way, but as a burden, because it isn't a burden. I think that that's the way that society has seen it. And that's the way maybe even in my language, influenced by the way that I have lived in the society, will even frame it that way. I I hope it does. I didn't mean to make it that way. It isn't a burden. It should be celebrated. We should celebrate women and celebrate the the rearing and, 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 and upbringing and just the birthing of children. I think we should celebrate that. Um, and it shouldn't come off as a burden. I, I think it was you who said, like, not to me, but you just said, like, it, it shouldn't be this burden. Um, on the what's left shirt, I say, for humanity. And currently, some of the definitions we have for humanity are old and young, male and female. Uh, we Sometimes we talk about their sexual orientation. So we use those kind of labels, um, but and and within a free humanity, anyone would be free to discuss with anyone else: womanhood, manhood, childhood, adulthood, being gay, being straight, being whatever. Of course, being intersex, being moving back and forth, and since such a group of people exists, it's very possible that some men seeing such a group of people who might start one way and go another way by virtue of how they were born, 
or just for whatever reason, they themselves may say, that fits more for me. And they may want to do that. And I would welcome that because I'm not talking about stopping people from talking. Like the whole point is liberation. But liberation will come at a cost of we will all have to be free. And it will come at the cost of saying, we are trying to free people so people can do really whatever they please for themselves. Because I have nothing, I have nothing, I have nothing to fear from my fellow worker. Because while we are all different, the one thing we all share is we are all living under tyranny. We all live, and this is a woman who took issue with this, we all live under a dictatorship. The dictatorship of the bourgeoisie, not the dictatorship of Trump or Biden. We don't live, we have a formal board, we have formal freedom in our democracy because we vote for a government, but that it's, that's a shell. We live in tyranny. So we we don't know anything about what actually what it would be like to breathe free air as humans. We'll find out. But part of doing that, like, of course, I do believe if in thinking of men and women and really mostly acknowledging differences, I don't see the point. I mean, you can do that. That's fine. That might be something people might want to do. That doesn't mean as much to me because I can see talking about men and women and seeing how they collaborate. I could see it as a collaborative association as much as one that is oppositional. I'm not saying that's more true. I'm just saying that's another frame to look because we are all, we are both human and we actually share air. And like I said, food and the desire to be free and the desire to move freely. But you cannot say the same thing. <laughs> Birthing a baby is not the same as sharing food and water. And the, and then the other thing too is but, you're just saying like, oh, we're buying into this identity policy. You're buying into this whatever wave of feminism we're in where there's just everyone's just basically the same thing. So I, I feel no, like... It's not everything the same thing. What I'm saying is we're all workers. We're all exploited. And we are all oppressed. And that we actually share the, the way we were going to free ourselves is understanding for all our differences that we shit, we live in a prison together and that we are not breaking out of the prison unless we understand that we have a, a small set of wardens called capitalists that are men and women and black and white and Japanese and Chinese. They have all sorts of things going on there up there. They have all sorts, like you said, black and white, right? Particularly in the United States, transgender, right? Got people in the, in the military. Um, and all of them will have to be taken on and taken down. And to do that, and the, and the system is itself, not just the people there, the system itself is going to have to be transformed and will require actions on all our parts that are going to be, I believe, collective ones. So that's what I'm saying. And I don't, I don't know why suddenly collectivity means that diversity can't be acknowledged. I could see that in the identity politics frame, how people would see that. But I don't, I'm not applying that. I acknowledge diversity, we ever, all sorts of differences among humans. But I don't, what I see in the, in the possibility of revolutionary change is how we all have one thing in common. And that is the thing that we're going to have to see in each other, despite that diversity, to make this happen. That's my belief. And secondly, and that, this, this is not a small point, because I believe both of you have, in my opinion, kind of, either uh, turned intersex into a, a, a kind of a mutation of capitalism. I never just, said mutation. Or just, well, I, that was but, Jessica's words, but your words were... No, she didn't small, even say mutation. Well, I, I think it's something, something that happens. Something produced by some sort of chemical thing that was not supposed to be put in the water or the air. Some process 
That it was a malformation. Be, could not be. I'm I, like I'm saying. I didn't say that. So I'm just saying whether it was that or even if it's a vanishingly small part portion of our population, they exist and they it, it, and it has meaning to, in, in sort of saying, well, maybe it's not so clear that one things exist from men to women in terms of sex, not in terms of gender roles, but in terms of sex. And so that's what I'm getting at. And I believe those folks have had the experience under capitalism and would have it under revolutionary society that thought gender roles were an important thing of being a little bit confused as to which way to go. I, I think that would happen. And so it would make sense to me that they I, might be like, I'm, I was raised a woman, but I feel like I'm, I'm a man. They're not fluid though. Like they're not, they're not, they're not, we're not talking about transgender ideology. But, but all I'm saying is, I'm, all I'm saying is that person might have been raised a man and might later want to call themselves a woman, and I would support that. And I don't see if there's any threats. Hey, call yourself a woman, but don't fucking come into you know, don't come into a closing of the bones circle. That's women. That's a different women. thing. But that's a, that is a different thing, and that's what's happening now. That's just how the capitalists are using it. I mean, why you're why you're thinking that suddenly, like why you're put putting on current society the way it's done right now in terms of what a future society would be would be that's a very different thing it is and so i completely acknowledge that this thing's going to be weaponized under current society they're going to weaponize it in prisons they're going to weaponize it in politics in in government they're going to weaponize it in schools of course like and and beyond and medically so and and ideologically like, like you're noting i do agree that they are intentional in trying to get people to to be confused about a level of fluidity as opposed to actually seriously sounding themselves out in a free society where alienation didn't exist about what they want and what they needed. And that's a very different thing. So I understand that like your end goal is, is the opposite of the capitalist project, but everything that you've said is like leaning into this idea of like, yeah, people can just be fluid. People can just, like I, I don't understand like what your practical I don't understand like what you're standing for in the present moment or not Freedom. standing for. Freedom. I said it before. Say it again. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe this is why we need to discuss uh, I will say for the next episode, like on anarchism, because an anarchist can be a socialist, but a socialist cannot be an anarchist. I don't know if you've you've seen that before, but I guess yeah, no, but I can. But understand you that. understand because the thing is, like, I think we can be in the same fight, but ultimately, when when it comes to like how we're going to see this, it's like I just the it is a little bit like you say you celebrate diversity, but then it's like to say that we're just all the working class is just one working class. Like that doesn't sound very acknowledging of the diverse differences that we are in celebrating that just if we're going to have people who are uh neurologically divergent or just also physically uh have differences in the way that they're able to be a part of this movement we're going to have to figure out not like that's why i said like i'm not the way i see i think the politics is very different from the way i see um the celebration of our differences and specifically right now we're just discussing men and women I think that there are just differences that we have. And also you didn't talk about like the fact that we already have, we're already kind of damaged in the sense that we have this baggage of sexism. 
And we're going to have to deal with that in, in this movement. There are going to be people in this movement who are going to do fucked up things. I'm sorry, Andy, you weren't a part of it, but your ISO people are a part of that. They exploited some of the women in your ISO group. I know you're not a part of that. You weren't a participant of that, but some of the leaders did. And they were socialists. And so not because of socialists that they did that. I'm not, I don't want to confuse those things. I'm saying that there are people that like on these, these working groups that did pretty messed up things to women that they weren't like considerate. And also uh, just, I just feel like they are going to have these issues in our movement and that you can't just say clean slate. We're going to begin. Everybody's equal. We have the baggage that we had. We do. Nobody's arguing that like we shouldn't collaborate and that we don't want to collaborate and that that's not our goal. It's just like the differences are real and they're going to be part of the process, whether or not we want to acknowledge them. Yeah. And I didn't say celebrate diversity. We acknowledge them. Yeah. Cause I, I, I don't, I don't celebrate diversity. I acknowledge it. And that's, and, and I acknowledge diversity because what I do celebrate is struggle and we yeah. are going to have to and working class struggle and revolutionary struggle. That's something I would celebrate. That's why I read about the thirties and I read about, read about Chiapas. I read about the Vietnamese and I read about the Russian revolution and the Spanish revolution. And in all those revolutions, you will see that the roles of that women and men took were very different than some of the roles they might've taken in the pre-revolution or prior to that struggle. Cause I do think struggle transforms people. Um, and I, I, so I celebrate struggle, not diversity. I acknowledge diversity. Um, and I'm not going to be perfect because all I know is my lane. I'm, I know what I know. And even in the ISO, while I definitely didn't do some of the things that our leadership was accused of and some of the people who did some other messed up, there were women who called me out for what, what they thought was bullying. And I think they were right. And so I had to acknowledge that I felt uncomfortable, but yeah. they did me a favor. And I learned from that. I think I, I think I learned a little from that because I can still make those sorts of mistakes, but I make them less because somebody humbled me and somebody showed me I was wrong and showed me the impact of what might happen. Most of the time it was women. In some cases, it was a male comrade who had to kind of really seal the deal and be like, okay, dude, this is what they mean. That's just what it was, you know? So, um, Absolutely, sexism. We are. This struggle will be had by people who are racist, sexist, homophobic, uh, anti-immigrant, anti-like. That's that. If it's going to happen, that's what these pe people are going to have to be transformed. Because if aliens came down and removed the capitalist class, and we just had free workers, we'd be at each other's throats. It would. It would be. A, it would be. We are not fit to rule. How do workers become fit to rule? in the collective fight for liberation. That's it. That's why all I, the only thing I celebrate, if you, if you want to talk about it in these terms, is that struggle. Because that's the only thing that's going to give us the physical and mental and spiritual experience that will allow us to possibly begin to alter the muck we were born into and raised in. Now, I don't believe that the struggle in and of itself gets us there. We will, I believe it will take generations of living under freedom to really see, to really, for people to feel what it means to breathe free there, free air, and and to breathe it freely in your chest. But right now, whether we like it or not, we live under tyranny. We live in a prison. 
It's getting tighter. Of course, it has to get tighter because capitalism profits are harder to come by. So it's only going to get tighter. And it's either, in my opinion, it's either going to lead to nuclear destruction or complete collapse of the economies, which also will lead to nuclear destruction because you can't make profits from robots. That's a Marxist theory. You can make profits from humans, but you can't make profits from robots. That's something else. That's another discussion to have. And so if they're going to make robots to make all their shit, well, profits are going to go into the, into the complete tank. And then they're really fucked because I know what capitalism, what happens to capitalism when there's no profits to be made. It seizes up and dies. But no. So that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was, you can include this or not, Andy. I was thinking as you were expressing, like, at some point, we're not there yet, Andy. But at some point, we are going to split, aren't we? Because, like, your framework, your lens, and we'll get to it with the anarchist episode now that I'm back and I'm going to pull up my books and stuff. But I just, I guess there's going to be, there is a difference in the way that I do see this with like Marxist and anarchist views differently. I, I do see there's a difference. We're not obviously there. We're still friends. <laughs> but, and maybe I might not just see the revolution happen in my lifetime, but like there is an, a lens that you have and that I hold that's different. And I was thinking when it comes to the anarchist episode, maybe we'll see where that difference is. And I mean, I will be curious to see yeah. it more. So I would definitely I, welcome that. Like if we all are ready to do next week, I could be more a listener because I'm not going to be challenging. What you're it would be just either initial questions and you all would just be talking about this is what we mean by anarchism, by revolution, by change. Here's how you see it. I think it would be very instructive for me. Yeah, I mean, quickly, just centralize the centralization of things gets gets on my nerves. So, and I feel like socialists are not honest about that. They do want to centralize some things. Yeah, but we'll discuss them. All right, all right, okay. We didn't get to some parts, so I guess this is a good place where we can stop for part two, where we have the energy. Or when we're going to intercede with another, or we're going to come in with a different episode and eventually come back to this yeah. topic, we'll do a part three. Maybe Kenny will be with us by then. Part three we'll will come in when we think, oh, this this is now the time to engage in this particular discussion. So I think we'll know when, it ha when it's right to happen. Right. Maybe it'll come after the Zionist one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's get this. <clears throat> that does it for this week's episode um, what's left is a weekly political podcast slash channel challenge the mainstream left we post information about our topics and our guests in the episode notes wherever you, found, wherever you found this episode or on our blog at whatsleftpodcast.com you can find past episodes to this podcast slash channel there and connect with us uh, you can also find our swagger there which we have shirts that you can ask Andy to modify for you as he said in the beginning of this episode, format listener slash viewer, and um, find the links in the episodes for that. I remind folks, if you like anything you have heard here, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications to any of our platforms on Spotify, iTunes, Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, 
BitChute, Odyssey, YouTube, Rumble, or Telegram. And you can find our blog in any of those links in the episode notes where we have this episode. If you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to cover, context through our blog. Uh, I'm very grateful for one of the listeners uh, that sent us something through the blog. Uh, yeah. And I did listen to it. I'm sorry we didn't cover it. Um, so we'll do our best next time. <laughs> Uh, but thank you for the wrestlers. I'm Eduardo Barco with co-host Jessica and Andy Lipson. We'll see you all next time. Ciao.